jobs figures out of the United States over the weekend were slightly weaker than expected, which reinforced the expectations the Fed funds rate has peaked. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then we look ahead at a big week in Australia, with the Reserve Bank of Australia set to hike again tomorrow. It has been an extended pause, but the bank, we think, has seen enough in the data that it will come back and deliver one more tightening on Melbourne Cup Day. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ. Number one, global stocks and bonds finished last week strongly after US jobs growth data was weaker than expected. The S&P 500 closed up 0.94% after Friday's trade and ended the week up 5.9%. That's the best week since November last year. The US 10-year Treasury bond prices rose sharply and their yields fell. Remember when the prices of fixed interest securities rise, then yields fall. And their yields fell to 4.57% on Friday night US time. That's down a full 33 basis points in a week. These falls in US market interest rates have dragged on the US dollar, particularly against the Aussie and Kiwi dollars. The Aussie jumped after the jobs data in the United States and begins Asian trade this morning at 65.13 US cents. The Kiwi is up as well at 59.98 US cents at 5 o'clock this morning Australian time and briefly touched 60 US cents over the weekend. Number two, those US jobs figures show growth of 150,000 in October. That was almost half a downwardly revised 297,000 in September and below the market consensus for 180,000. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, writes from London that the data cemented in expectations the US Federal Reserve has finished tightening. Brian writes, financial markets again lowered their expectations for a hike next month down to 5%. It was well over 30% just over a week ago. Brian says early data for the fourth quarter is actually pointing to a marked deceleration in activity in the United States, which is going to put the soft landing expectation to the test in coming months. Number three, Brian also points to signs from Europe of a sharp slowdown in the jobs market there. And he now sees a mild recession in the Eurozone in the second half of this year. This was after Eurozone unemployment figures on Friday night showed a rise of 0.1% to 6.5% in September. Number four, back in Australia now, where retail sales volumes grew for the first time since September 2022. But this just serves to highlight the weakness in the annual trend, according to ANZ Australia's economist, Maddie Dunk. We know that retail volumes have fallen 1.7% compared to this time last year. And when you look at that on a per-person basis, the result is even starker. So retail volumes per person are down 4% compared to this time last year, which is the worst annual result on record. And I think that that is just another piece of evidence that highlights to us that the current economic conditions are clearly affecting people's spending behaviour and it's discretionary spending that's feeling the brunt of that pullback. Number five. Now, one indicator of softening activity globally is oil refinery margins. ANZ's senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines writes, falling margins are an indicator of weaker underlying activity 
particularly in the United States, he points out the crack spread for West Texas intermediate crude oil refineries. That's a margin for how much it costs to refine the crude into its various components. That has dropped from over $3.50 US a barrel in late August to $1.75 a barrel. He also points out that gasoline prices in the United States, what what we'd call petrol in Australia and New Zealand, has fallen 20% in the last two months. That's despite rising oil prices, again, because of falling refinery margins. It's time for our bonus deep dive interview, in which I asked ANZ Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger about the week ahead. The RBA in Australia and a string of China numbers will be the highlights. The Reserve Bank obviously widely expected, including by us, to bring a close to the period of pause that we've had for the last few months. Um, It has been an extended pause, but the bank, we think, has seen enough in the data that it will come back and deliver one more tightening on Melbourne Cup Day. Um, At this stage, I don't think there's enough information to argue that this is the beginning of a string we should presume um, it's one and done, although, as, as we've said the whole way along through this pause, the bank's either on hold or tightening. That's still the phase we're in. The idea that there's easing coming continually needs to get pushed out, I think. And what else around the Australian economy should we be watching out for? The statement of monetary policy from the Reserve Bank is really the only other significant indicator, um, and the issue there will be what, they, what the bank does with its forecasts. Near-term inflation numbers almost certainly will rise, Our expectation is the numbers in 2025 won't rise and that will signal the bank still has a confident expectation that inflation will return to target in time. And just looking elsewhere in the Asia-Pacific, anything that we should focus on? I I still think the China numbers are something that people should still be watching. And and, um, this week we get trade, a CPI, PPI, um, as well as perhaps some monetary indicators, although they may may tip into the next week. And the reason China's worth watching still is because its recovery does still remain quite anemic. We we do think the housing sector will stabilise, but it's it's the the broader economy has been slower to follow, Um, and it does support the idea that you know US bond yields have probably put in an important medium term peak. So, Richard, what did you make of the big rally on bond markets towards the end of last week? Oh, for the for the first time, actually, I think there's a strong technical case for bond yields to head down. That may sound like a strange thing for an economist to say first up, except that I think this sell-off, it's been very difficult to point to changes in the macro environment which justify the sell-off. So I think market technicals are probably quite important. And as the week progressed, it became clearer that um, the technicals had turned. And of course, let's not forget in April and May, the US 10-year bond yield was below 35 Just recently, we touched 5%. So it's it's really been a heck of a sell-off. Um, and bond yields could easily head back, you know, another 50 points or so on the downside and still be consistent with this idea that, you know, bond yields are still quite high from a, a historical perspective. And is there still plenty of juice on those higher bond yields to keep the Fed away from having to hike at the short end? Well, the Fed obviously has has talked about higher bond yields as doing some of its work for them, and, and that's because it couldn't find any proximate driver for the rise. If we get lower bond yields, but in fact the data is softer, then the Fed will say, actually, we don't care about the bond market. It's the data that's most important. Um, so it, the context, uh, as always, uh, matters enormously. Richard Yetzinger there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, November the 6th. 
Catch you tomorrow with a full preview of the RBA's big Melbourne Cup Day decision. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.